It's the final hour of the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Brought to you by Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. We want you to get involved right now on the Neuropathy Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. Many of already... phone line at 918-879-1170. You can always listen to the Blitz on our app. You'd think I'd be smart enough, wouldn't you? I'm just not. <laughs> well, and then I let a promo play immediately after the intro, so we, we both have one right there. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, I mean, you'd think I'd learn. You, you, uh, how many times do you have to hit a guy in the hammer before he knows not to go there, right? Uh, 7.59 on the Blitz 1170. I, I was so excited, though, to say something, and there I go. <laughs> All right. He's Bryce Hulse. He's the smart one. Mm. I'm Rick Corey over here, and you heard a little... Uh, not only did you hear our, our bumper music, but you heard right there a little Toby Keith died last night at the age of 62 from stomach cancer. We mentioned he was diagnosed only in 2022, so it was a short battle. He uh, had gone undergone radiation and chemo and all. If you want to hear his last interview, I believe it's his last interview, was with News 9 down in Oklahoma City uh, just uh, not more than a couple of weeks ago. As a matter of fact, I think it only aired last week. And you can still find that, of course, to be made available again. He uh, stayed, you know, he stayed kind of out of the light while this was happening because it wasn't easy. His family said he was right. peaceful at death and that he was surrounded by them. And we've had many people saying today by text, and the reason I jumped in there is uh, we just had another text saying what their favorite song was by Toby Keith, and it was Beer for My Horses. So thank you very much there at 7434 for sending that in. And we want to hear that from you, too. What was your favorite Toby Keith song? 32 number one hits for the native Oklahoman. Huge Oklahoma football fan. Yeah. He and Coach Switzer were such good friends, and you saw them together, I mean, just literally all the time. I cannot imagine. I don't know what kind of, I don't know if they'll have a public funeral or not, or a public memorial, but I, I cannot imagine that it would not be Super Bowl-type crowded hmm. uh, to go see him. He's just another in the tremendous legacy of Oklahoma and country music, the the Vince Gills, the Reba McIntyres, the Garth Brooks, the Carrie Underwoods of the world. Uh, I had a friend who was Carrie's, I think, sociology teacher in, oh, wow. in high school, you know, as she hit American Idol and kind of went nuts and from there on. But there are so many others. You can just go down yeah. the list and down the list and down the list. It's much like baseball players in Oklahoma as well. If you have a favorite song, let us know at 918-262-5072 as we talk about that. Plus, I just mentioned Oklahoma just ranked, well, Tulsa, ranked number two in America in best pizza cities. And this this was a study was based on Google searches and reviews and things. So that is widely based. New York finished number one. Tulsa finished number two. Let us know your favorite. Uh, had somebody else text in, and I should have mentioned this. I would forgotten it. LaRoma's at 61st right. and Sheridan. And I know the family who owns LaRoma's. It is a family-owned place right next to Savoy. Right there at 61st and Sheridan. Okay. Uh, it's on the east side of the road, and it is on the south side of 61st Street in that little strip center there. And it is absolutely fantastic. Try their cup pepperoni. Okay. Those are those little old world pepperonis that cup up when yeah, they cook, whenever, so they yeah. get that little oil grease <laughs> mm-hmm. down. It stays down in there. Oh my God! You can't have many without a cardiologist <laughs> <laughs> on standby. <laughs> Holy cow! Oh my lord, are they good? All right, you heard uh, Travis Kelsey there talking about Taylor Swift winning the Grammy, and I just mentioned the picture. I just found this picture, and I cannot tell you how much I love this. This is obviously in the concourse of the stadium for. If yesterday for media day there, you know, in, in Vegas, because they open up the stadium for media day. 
And so they're, I mean, they don't call it that anymore. They call it festival or something like that. But it's, it's media day. But they open it up and they make more out of that. They make it a big deal. And I think that's smart because they're making money off that. They're selling merchandise and gear and that kind of thing up in the concourses. And this picture is, and I'm just going to guess, and I'm bad at name, I'm bad at ages. This picture's this lady's probably late 30s, maybe. Yeah, I got to think in late 30s. And it is a just average white sweatshirt with a Chiefs logo. So you got to think Kansas City. I mean, they're at media day, so that's got to be NFL licensed stuff, you would think. Yeah. And it just says, go Taylor's boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) In giant print. Her husband, presumably, standing behind her, leaning on a counter with his legs crossed and a drink in his hand. And this look on his face that is kind of a cross between amusement and terror. I can't really decide which is more. <laughs> it's it's kind of almost a little smirk. And you can see the merchandise booths behind him and all those things. You can see that concession sales are open. I can't imagine what they made yesterday for this. Oh my and there was a time media day was just for the media. And, 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 and this now time. it's an event itself. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, and that's smart. So, sure, restrict the field area for the media. Like, okay, when we go to Big 12 Media Day at AT AT&T, at Jerry World, we're on the field, right? So everything's down on the field. Now, they don't open that to the public. However, I think that would be a really good idea. Oh, yeah. Now, if you do that, you have to spend a lot, too. (laughs) Because, you know, as as we go in for Big 12 Media Day, it's a skeleton crew. And trust me, nobody on that skeleton crew cares we're there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's another day at work for them. They don't give up. <clears throat> we're there, nor should they. They're just workers. I mean, if they're football fans, they might, you know, take a glance out there, you know, when somebody walks in. But right. um, the field has very few workers on it. There are a couple of IT people down there because someone's Internet line's always not working. And they may be down there poking a the nose around that. But it's not manned, if you will. And, like, when you go the night before to pick up stuff, it's even – it's a ghost town. It's kind of cool. You get to wander around in there. Like but it's kind of eerie. Oh, I, it, be? I love – I love stadiums Yeah, when they're like that. I get to go to a lot of them because we set up for our broadcasts on Fridays. And I, even when I was with the Talons, you know, I would go the day before. Um, I don't go the day before with Union, but I go very, very early. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, if we've got a 7 o'clock game, I'm there at 3.30. And I mean, I don't care if whether it's Oklahoma City or here. That's just my nature. I want to do yep. that and get make, get everything in place. So we're there early. And on a Friday, you know, if we're in an NFL stadium like in um, Philadelphia, you know, where Tulsa goes to play Temple and they will again next year, or I've been you know been in the Orange Bowl. South, what about South Florida's? Yeah, Tampa. Tampa yeah, yeah. yeah, that's where. <laughs> I still have a bottle of, uh, I think it's called Cannon Fodder Wine, uh, that um, we found. Where do you think that East Carolina flag came from right over there? (laughs) That's called Friday. (laughs) It's hanging on our wall, by the way. (laughs) You never know what we're going to grab. I'm going to get us all in trouble, I'm afraid. (laughs) The pirate flag y'all pirated. Yes, but yes, yes, uh, creatively appropriated. Uh, Yes, we have been around. And I do love them when they're that way. And yes, Jerry World's that way because Jerry World's so big. So again, it's like being, it's a good point of yours being in Tampa or being in Philadelphia or, uh, or others. It is this massive thing. And I think Jerry World's even bigger than those two and these under, you know, these tunnels underground. I told the story before, I got lost trying to get out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because it, it, it has a set of, it has a set of hallways 
when you first go out of the field, but then it has another set of those. And literally, I'm a mouse and they move my cheese, and I, I ended up going through the Cowboys. <laughs> I just didn't, I was just, I was carrying all my equipment too. I ended up opening the door and I'm in the Cowboy shop. <laughs> but I'm in the back door of it, and I walk in, and people look at me like I'm supposed to be there. So, all right, fine. I just went out the front door. But you imagine now, imagine if the SEC, and they might, I'm not sure, and the Big 12, especially with the incoming schools now, open that up, allow fans in the seats, open those concourses, and sell stuff. That could be pretty cool. You've got to staff it, so they're going to have to, and they are going to have to hire the AT&T people. They're not going to be able to bring in their own. I don't think that's probably part of AT&T Stadium's right. deal. So you'd probably have to do that. But, I mean, so you have to balance. How much would you make as opposed to how much you would pay? Because you're in Dallas at AT or Arlington at AT&T Stadium, and that's where it is for now, how many people would come from Central Florida? Probably not many. Or Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. Probably not many. Now, in the first year, would Arizona send some people down there? Maybe Utah? Maybe Colorado? Yeah, probably. That, that's what I could see being best for the first year, more mm-hmm. specifically, with OU and Texas going to the SEC and the you know the four yeah. corner schools now added because it's new. Yeah. But beyond that, it, it could dwindle a little bit. Uh, prob- probably. I'm just saying. I wonder. Yeah. You know, and something like the SEC. Same. You oh. know, Come on. And, and Oklahoma State fans, will, well, I think Oklahoma State fans would go on the day their team is sure. there. Yeah. Right? So, and Especially depending on how your team is looked at for that upcoming yeah. year. You yeah. Know, how much momentum you feel you have. And Jeremy and I were talking about this, and, and I'm not sure. I don't know. You know the Big 12's generally been two days. Are they going to expand it? It's going to be hard to get in everything you need to get in in two days. The SEC's teams. like four days. <laughs> they do yeah. like four days. And they, they do a limited number of teams per day, which gives more opportunity. You know, as it stands in the Big 12, you've got so many of them there on one day. Yeah, you want to nab your Oklahoma States and Oklahomas, right? And Oklahoma, of course, is going to be gone. But you want to nab your teams, whatever your team was, depending on where, you, where your media outlet is from. But then you still wanted to get around and talk to others. And, you know, we did that in those last years. As a matter of fact, I was really proud of the work we did the two years previously when we were at the Big 12. We talked to everybody. I mean, yeah. we had everybody. You name it across the board. We had somebody from everywhere. We we just attacked that process, and I was really happy with that. And now it's going to be even harder because if they were trying to squeeze that into two days, you mean you can't. You literally can't get around to everybody because they're going to be in and out as fast as they can be in and out anyway. So I, I do wonder how they'd handle it, but it would be interesting. But the, the NFL had to make a backside load of money <laughs> if you know what yeah, i'm I'd saying say so. out of that one i want to get into and we still will the, the story about mike vrabel and why he didn't get hired in the nfl but coming up we got to talk to a special duty to scott hennessy the manager of the tulsa drillers they're not far from spring training and he's going to be with us next it's 8 10 on the blitz eleven seventy. he is bryce sauce i am rick Corey. love to have your text at 918-262-5072 that's a neuropathy treatment clinic oklahoma text line right here in the tulsa Oilers studio your new home for the Dallas Cowboys is the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma State Cowboys are on the road tonight as they'll face one of the Big 12 newcomers, the fifth-ranked Houston Cougars. Pre-game starts at 5 with a 6 o'clock tip-off. You can listen to all of it right here on the Blitz 1170. The Oklahoma Sooners will also be hosting a Big 12 newcomer, the 21st-ranked BYU Cougars. Tip-off at the Lloyd Noble Center is at 7 o'clock. And last night for Big Monday in the Big 12, Kansas State wins the Sunflower Showdown against fourth-ranked KU in overtime, 75-70. Shiloh, Oklahoma native Tyler Perry had 26 points for the Wildcats. That's the Win World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Boots 1170, and streaming on the Boots 1170 app.
Here are the biggest stories you need to know right now on the Blitz 1170. Well, for Oklahoma State, it's not an easy task tonight. You'll hear them play basketball tonight right here on the Blitz. They'll be at Houston. That's the reason it's not easy. 5 o'clock is the pregame. It'll preempt part of the show with Pop and Colby. 6 will be the tip-off. Despite the fact they've had such ups and downs, they had a nice win against Kansas State, who beat Kansas last night. Mike Boynton believes even in the bad moments, his team's getting better. There are very few freshmen that are playing, and we got four to five of those guys running out there throughout the game. It's what we did, but at the same time, I do see growth in each of them at a different rate. And they're going to have to grow tonight in a hurry. Meanwhile, it won't be much easier for Oklahoma coming off their game against UCF. They have BYU tonight in Norman. 7 o'clock is the tip for that one. The Thunder, who is playing well, will be at Utah tonight at 8 o'clock. OU softball opens Monday in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Had a big news conference yesterday for Patty Gasso, and along the way decided that All-American second baseman Tiara Jennings is going to move just a shortstop. They're going to platoon right now at the second base spot. Now, Red Solo Cup is the best receptacle for barbecues, tailgates, fairs, and festivals. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. If that does not make you smile right there, nothing will. It's 816. That is Toby Keith. He died last night, unfortunately, at the age of 62 from stomach cancer. We are playing our Toby Keith bumpers in honor of this Red Solo Cup. Many people have told us by text today is their favorite song. Well, they'll probably have some of those Red Solo Cups down in spring training. Let's talk to a guy who'll know. He is Scott Hennessy, the manager of the Tulsa Drillers. Thanks for joining us this morning, buddy. I know you got a very busy day. You probably got one of those Solo Cups hidden away somewhere, don't you? To be honest with you, I had it. I, I know he t- passed away last night, and I had a glass of orange juice today, and I had a Red Solo Cup. <laughs> Put the orange juice in the Red Solo Cup. That's a true story. Absolutely. That's, That's Yeah. Sad but happy. Absolutely. You know? That's what makes you one yeah. of the best guys, though. And, you know, you've had your own. You understand what that's like. Scott, of course, yeah. overcame a battle with cancer. Let's go to that first. How are you feeling? I feel good. Um, body's ready to go. You know, I've worked hard this off season, and I got got cleared like December 4th, something like that, somewhere in that area, and uh, um, just tried to work as hard as I can, stay on my feet, hit fungos, you know, throw some BP, get my body in shape. And I, I think I'm ready to go. People ask me. Uh, I think I'm ready, and, and until you get out there and, and, and do it every day for 60 days, you don't know, but um, my mind's good, and, and I feel like my body's ready to go, and um, probably looking forward to it more this year than any other year, and I uh, can't wait to get out there. You know, that's exactly what Bryce Hulse was going to ask you, is it make this year special? Does it, does it, I mean, go ahead, Bryce, tell, say exactly what you're going to say. Yeah, Scott, I was just going to ask, you know, with you beating cancer this offseason, does it bring a whole new meaning to what you're looking forward to this year, or is it still just kind of the same as your past seasons with the Trillers? I don't think I don't think after going through what I did, any, anything will ever be the same. I mean, um, you just have a different perspective on, 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 on life, on athletics, on family, uh, God, you know, everything. And um, – I just put my my best foot forward. I tried to beat it mentally every day. I couldn't beat it physically every day, but I tried to win the mental battle every day, and and I beat it. And uh, you just have a different perspective on life now, and you enjoy it more, and uh, you enjoy you just enjoy you know a, a lot more things uh, in a different way. And and I, I can't wait to get started. And yeah, it's going to be different. 
All right, so when you get started, let's talk about this uh, this baseball team you're going to have. I know anytime you go into spring training, you may have some things you know, some things you don't know. So going in, what do you know? I, I do know this. I leave Sunday, our first major league workouts, uh, I think the 13th. We have physicals on the 12th, first workouts the 13th. Um, well, I'll talk about some of the guys that probably may be in Tulsa. Uh, Diego Cartaya will probably be back. Um, he was starting to figure it out. You know, late in the year, end up like had 15 home runs, 45 RBIs, or something like that. Uh, he's still really young. Um, his second year in the league, Dalton Rushing, who went pick 40, which is round two uh, in 2022, a left hand hitting catcher. He, he will probably be in Tulsa, be a fan favorite because uh, he plays extremely hard, fiery type guy. Another guy, Yainer Fernandez, and Yainer also catches, but he plays second too. Um, second and third and catch. So we'll have actually actually three catchers and probably a fourth, another guy that plays fourth, first Gordon Lockwood Powell. So I think, I think position player player wise will be good. We'll have a lot of pitchers back and it's going to be, it'll be a young club. It'll be an exciting club, but it, it'll be a confident club going in. I know that. And well, a lot of that comes from you, from you, no doubt. You, know, <laughs> you mentioned going to, to you know Major League Ball as well, and yeah, we know yeah. you work for the Dodgers, but not everybody yeah. is aware of how that all works out. Explain what you do when you go down there. How long with you with the big clubs and all that? Um, yeah, I, I'm fortunate. You know, they have me. Well, they haven't kicked me out of Major League camp yet, so <laughs> as long as they keep inviting me, I'll go. But it's just it's a tremendous experience. A tremendous experience. I'll go to major league camp for all, all this year. I'm going to probably go until they go to South Korea that, you know, we're starting camp early. Um, they open up with the two game series, uh, in South Korea. I think they're leaving like March 13th. So I will be in big league camp up until that point and then go back down, um, and start with, you know, our double a team, um, for a couple weeks and, and get ready to, and we'll be back here like April 1st, ready to go, uh, against Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. And that, as a matter of fact, Northwest Arkansas, that home first home game is I think the ninth right in there. It does kind yeah. of come at you quick when you have, I mean, it's always kind of an unknown in, in minor league baseball, but when you have that coming in, you go in with a philosophy, you know what you want. You have some idea what's coming out. How do you approach those first few days? Is it a basic workout? Are you trying to get an idea about everybody? What do you do, Scott? It's, you know, guys, so much different than it used to be. Guys would go to spring training to get in shape. Um, now, you know, with the with the money that's involved and, and how many good players there are, if you don't come in ready um, to go that first day, I'm not saying they're going to be ready to play a game that first day, but guys are working out the whole off season. Their arms are in shape. Their legs are in shape. Their hands are in shape. So we, we take it, you know, uh, I would say a slow process, but um, we we do kind of break into it, and then like seven eight days later, we're playing a game. So the pitchers are probably ramped up to throw an inning right away in a major league game. So they'll throw a couple sides, throw a live bullpen um, against hitters, and then and then start games. So they're basically ready when they show up day one, and that's just the way baseball is now because it's so competitive and so much money involved. We're talking to Scott Hennessy, manager of the Drillers. He'll have his news conference today, and they'll talk about this uh, coming up at about 11 o'clock over at, at One Oak. If you'd like to text a question, you can at 918-262-5072. You know, it's probably a fairly simple answer, but when you're in a major league camp like that or a minor league camp, either one, are you pitchers, guys, you know, position players, 
How different is it in, in their philosophy of getting ready? Who generally gets ready first? And in, in your background, can you walk out and see one of those guys and just know whether or not he's more ready than the other? I, I yeah, that, that's a good question. But the the answer the the answer is no because the the guy. I mean, you everyone's ready day one, and the guys. You know, like I, I remember Zach McKinstry or like Luke Rayleigh. Those guys were trying to make a team. You know, a few years ago with us, obviously they've been traded like James Altman last year, an outfielder. He came in. They hadn't planned on him making the team um, out of spring training. But from day one, that guy just, I mean, he was ready physically, mentally, and ready to play a game the first day he got there. And he knew he had to prove himself and have a great spring training for even to have, even for them to consider him making the team and he had a great spring training from from day one to the last day and he made the team and and guys are just hungry like that and they 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 want something in life they want to make a team they want to be a productive big leaguer and that's why they do what they do that's why they work so hard in the offseason so yeah he was ready to go and all our guys are ready just to have a shot to make our major league team and obviously as you know now with the guys that we've signed with Mookie going to second base mm-hmm. it's very there's probably one or two spots that are even open so yeah well that's that's fun too I mean these guys all have that eye they're looking up there they know they oh, saw yeah. the numbers and show you a ton he's contract <laughs> yeah even though yeah. none of them think they're him but you do have to also you got to manage expectations at some point for some of these guys too don't you yeah and, and we talk to him too it's like hey look Play, you know, be ready to play. Play hard every night when you're, whether you're in Tulsa or Oklahoma City or you know, in the big leagues. And you never know; some team may see you that you're not a fit for us with the Dodgers in the big leagues, but you're a fit for another team that needs a second baseman or a corner outfielder or a reliever. Do the best you can do. Get the best that you you know can be. And somebody come, uh, somebody may come and trade for you, and 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 then you're on a big league roster with another team for ten years. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing like that. There's no question. You know, I yeah. got to ask you through your time, and you got such a history here. Is there any players here that have really surprised you? You go in and you look, and you think, "Yeah, he's going to be okay," and then they just go crazy. I think. I think for me, the guy that comes to mind is like Zach McKinstry. Um, he hadn't played a lot um, in the in the minor leagues. He wasn't an everyday guy before he even got to Tulsa. And I, I look. I'm not toot my own horn by any means, but like I saw that guy, I'm like, this guy can really run. He's, he can really, he had a plus arm. He was a uh, plus power, great bat speed, good base runner. And I just said to myself, I'm like, I'm just going to put this guy in the lineup every day. And I, to be honest with you, I don't know if the Dodgers liked it or not. I mean, you know, I, it's my lineup, so I'm going to play who I want to play. And I just believed in the guy. And he went off, and he's going to end up having, you know, a really good major league career. Uh, Luke Rayleigh was another one. He wasn't a high pick. He was a Division two hitter, a big, strong guy, but he could defend. He could play center if you needed him to play center. And, you know, Matt Beatty was another one. I don't think he was won a batting title here in 17, um, player of the year in the Texas League. I, I know he wasn't really a highly touted prospect, but he's going to end up having a major league career, a good major league career. So, but but all those guys that I just mentioned, and all of our guys, they work extremely hard every day. 
And but they all all three of those guys that I just mentioned, they believed in themselves and believed in their ability. Yeah. And you've got to have an, a special way about you, too, to, to kind of nurture that along. And just a couple more minutes here with Scott Hennessy, manager of the Tulsa Drillers. He'll be leaving in a couple of days to head on down to spring ball with the big club before he moves over. I, a couple of just kind of philosophical questions, if you were. You know, the Dodgers get a lot of, of guff, or at least Davey Johnson does uh, about uh, not Davey Johnson, pardon me, but uh, Dave, Dave Roberts. Yeah, Dave Roberts gets a. Yeah, I went back to the old Mets guy. Uh, gets a yeah. lot of, of uh, a lot of guff for you know, kind of. Hey, look, the Dodgers tell you what to do, and that made me think of a, mo- a movie I saw the other day, Moneyball, which a lot of guys hated, a lot of guys didn't hate. Yeah, uh, you know that. You know, so obviously statistics, pardon me, and all those things that has to come into baseball. Where do you draw the line on the numbers as opposed to just look at that guy play and he's a player? Yeah, at the end of the day, like here's, you know, maybe a little bit different than the major leagues, but here it's still like we're developing, um, getting guys better. But it is it is my lineup. Um, they have never they have never one time said to me, you know, hit the, play this guy tonight or um, I, I think I do play the right guy, so I'll, I'll start there. But there's some guys that play more than they probably want, but they don't say anything. Um, we're getting them better. Um, we do we try to match up? Will we give a night off if if we're facing a tough left-hander um, like Emanuel Vargas last year? Um, if we're facing a tough left left-hander and Emanuel's played seven or eight straight days, we might give him a day off um, because it's a tough left-hander. So that comes into play. But guys need day offs. But the lineup's mine. Uh, as, as long as I'm here, that's what it's going to be. The Dodgers are great about that. Uh, we are an analytic-driven uh, or- organization now, so that comes into play, but we, we make it work. Is that a natural thing for you, or, or was it hard to get it adjusted to? I mean, the analytical part of it. I mean, we all had to adjust to it, but that's not something everybody adjusted to easily. Yeah, it was, you know, it, and I think what helped me was scouting. Um, and when we would go scout guys, especially college guys, um, with ride to the fastball or pitch characteristics on their slider or or their breaking ball. Like I'm, I may have liked the guy a little more than what the analytics said because of pitch characteristics, because he got guys out, you know, the stuff might've been a little short, but at the end of the day, he got guys out or could have, could have went the other, other way too. So yeah, I learned, I learned it in scouting and that was a good thing about scouting. Um, so when I transitioned into managing and coaching, you know, in player development, it was a smooth transition. And I'm constantly trying to get better as a manager and as a coach for our players. So it just it just it works hand in hand. Yeah, it's it's great when guys are always trying to get better. There's no question. And, and yeah. you know, if, if there's a yeah. point, if there's a point, I don't care how long you've done it. If there's a point you're not trying to get better, it's time to go. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, that's, yeah that's I get that. I I would shut it down. Yeah. And the guys, you know, and that's what I tell like young coaches, not only uh, in our organization, but like other organizations or amateur coaches, like if, if you think, if if you even think, you know, everything about this game, I mean, your, your ego, your ego is getting in the way Mm -hmm. and you're not going to get any better, you know? And if you're not trying to get better as a player, as a coach, as a trainer, um, I, I got a problem. I got a problem with you. And, and for you know, fortunately, we we won't hire guys like that, and we're all, we're we're hiring hungry guys, uh, signing hungry guys to get better at their craft. 
And that's what this is important. I, I, I don't know how much uh, you know personal stuff you went out there, but I, I wanted you to say thank you to your wife. She sent me some really cool pictures of you and her horses. I know she does a lot of competitive stuff, and it was a big part of yeah. your recovery. And I got to think that yeah. uh, was a big part of life for you in those last few months. Yeah, she she was my rock, and uh, uh, not it, it wasn't always um, uh, great. It, it was always a great day with her, but she pushed me. She pushed me when the day that the tough days and she got me through it and um i'm forever grateful for that and yeah she she was outstanding uh and then after after that then she said hey go go to the barn for 10 minutes and and clean him up so (laughs) (laughs) i said yeah it was good though you know tough days you go out to the barn and uh you'd see monster and the horse and you just forget about a lot of things and uh make you know make it a good day but yeah she was great and um forever uh, forever grateful uh, to her for that yeah sweet sweet lady no doubt uh i gotta ask you this last thing what's your favorite thing about spring training um honestly it's get smelling the the grass the fresh cut grass every day um it's the guys i mean that's you're getting a lot of time with the guys to hit ground balls a lot of cage work because during the season it's just it moves too fast and, and you got to get ready for a seven o'clock game, but you have more time with the guys. Um, you're interacting with the whole, whole coaching staff from, from rookie ball to, to the major leagues. And you're just around, you're around baseball all day. And if you're a baseball guy, that's what you, you, you love to do. You love the interaction with the players, the fans are, I mean, there's 5,000 fans waiting every day to get in that gate at 10, 10 o'clock. And, and they come in and you interact with them. Um, the guys are great. And, and, you know, you're just around baseball all day. Yeah. I, I tell you, I was very fortunate. I got to cover it for five years. And the first yeah. time I walked out on a minor league field, I thought the same yeah. thing. I mean, it's uh, the, the sprinklers might be running. The grass has been yeah. cut. And my first yeah. experience, I walked out and George Toma was standing there and I had a tremendous yeah. conversation with the old dude and I, I was hooked from that point on well scott you're a treasure yeah. i've said that to you before god bless you i'm so glad you're better enjoy yeah. your time at spring training it really is new life isn't it yeah it is and and i want to say thanks to you and your staff everyone um all the text messages you guys sent me and always checking in probably thought you were bothering me but you really weren't and um uh, lifelong friend and and i hope your situation um gets better and and praying for you and your daughter. And uh, I, I didn't know if you wanted me to bring that up on air, but um, just just keep fighting, man. You're a great human and uh, a lifelong friend. I appreciate that, Scott. Thanks very much. Travel safe, my buddy. That is Scott yep. Hennessy, the manager of the Tulsa Drillers. They'll have a news conference over at about 11 o'clock at One Oak, and you can tell just by listening to him, one of the best guys out there. The, the pictures of him with the horses, it really is really cool. You know, whatever it takes, whatever gets your mind off, you know, whatever whatever moves you to that next step, and he's one of those guys that was able to do that. 833 here on the Blitz 1170. All right, I've got he is a He is a wonderful friend. There's no doubt about that. I'm Rick Corey. He's Bryce Hulse in the next room. When we come back, we're going to give you a little bit of what happened in the NFL with Mike Vrabel and why he didn't get hired. We know it was kind of interesting that Vrabel was out there, you know, and Belichick was out there. None of these guys got hired. And especially in Super Bowl week, a lot of people are talking about it. We'll talk about that, too. In the meantime, I want to tell you about another friend, and that is Frank Sanders Jr. at Overhead Door Company of Tulsa. I've got great news. I've got fantastic news. If you own a home in Tulsa, 
there you've got a garage door on it more than likely. And there's a really good chance that if not yours, somebody else on your block has a door put in by Overhead Door Company of Tulsa. Well, 1966, when Frank Sanders Jr., or Sr., pardon me, brought the company here, he actually did regular, everyday garage doors for homes. And then later on, after he had passed away and his wife took over and then Frank Sanders Jr. became involved, there was a time when they kind of morphed it over into commercial. And part of the reason was commercial is hard to do. Really few people do it. As a matter of fact, the commercial division, which Frank Sanders Jr. still runs, is really the only place to go for commercial doors, all the way from airport size hangar doors to the doors that slide up and down on the back of delivery vans. And no matter what it is, if it's a commercial door, fire door, air, it doesn't matter. They do it, and nobody else does it better. But they had branched off the residential division. Guess what? They're buying it back. So all the quality, all the expertise, all the decades of experience you experienced with the commercial division of Overdoor Company of Tulsa is now back in residential. That means if you need a garage door in your home, the best people in this part of the country to do it are on your side. They've done it for me, and it's fantastic, and they can do it for you. They can refurb the one you have. They can replace the old one if you'd like. They can take care of your opener for you. You want to just update it so you can operate it from the Internet and do the keypads and all that. They can do all that. This is fantastic news for anyone who owns a home with a garage door. You are now taken care of. You can be. And it's a very simple thing for you to do. You know, in the past, I said go to OrredoorTelsacompany.com and click on commercial. Now it doesn't matter. Either way, you get Frank Sanders Jr. and the Sanders family when you go to Overhead Door Company, Tulsa. Download the Blitz 1170 app now inside your cell phone provider's app store. You don't need a radio to listen to the Blitz. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Oklahoma State football got a pickup in the portal as former Virginia Tech wide receiver Dwayne Lofton announced on social media that he is committed to the Cowboys. In the past three seasons for the Hokies, Lofton has tallied 410 yards receiving. The Washington Commanders have fired offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy after just one season with the team. Former Arizona Cardinals and Texas Tech head coach Cliff Kingsbury will be filling that position. And the Philadelphia Eagles will play in the NFL's first regular season game in Brazil, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell announced yesterday. The Eagles, who last played an international game in 2018, will face a soon-to-be-announced opponent on Friday, September 6th, the day after the NFL season kicks off. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170, and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Here are the biggest stories you need to know right now on the Blitz 1170. The Big 12 gauntlet continues tonight for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. You'll hear the Cowboys here on the Blitz 1170s. They take on Houston down in Houston. 5 o'clock pregame, 6 o'clock tip. That means you're going to miss an hour of the show with Pop and Colby, but you can get them 3 to 5. Meanwhile, BYU will be at Oklahoma. Porter Mosier's team understands what's on the stake. They know we're fighting. You're trying to go on a one-game win streak. You know, Every game is, is, is a big NCAA tournament game. You know, So it's not the pressure of it, but it's just like... You know, they, they know how good they are. They know it's a quad one win if we can get it. That one again starts tonight at 7 o'clock. Thunder will be on the road at Utah at 8. College basketball last night. Sunflower Showdown goes to Kansas State as they beat Kansas 75-70. NFL is going to Brazil. They're going to be there with the Eagles actually playing over there in San Paulo. They'll open on a Friday, too, for the first time since the 70s. have not picked the opponent yet. They'll play in the stadium SC Corinthian plays in. It was host to the World Cup in 2014 and the Olympics in 2016. 
blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. We have had many people do that today. We'd love to have you on there as well. 918-262-5072. You're hearing the voice right there of Toby Keith. Died last night at the age of 62 after a short battle with cancer. He only was diagnosed in 2022. Uh, you can see the final interview with Toby was done about down at News 9 in Oklahoma City. And it was on the website for uh, KOTV Upstairs Channel 6, all owned by Griffin Media. And you'll be able to find that. He, of course, an Oklahoman and one of the many fine country music uh, authorities and figures from here. Reba and Carrie Underwood and you name it goes on and on. Garth, you got to always say Garth, right? He hasn't done anything live lately, and so sometimes it'll actually slip your mind. Well, it better not. <laughs> you got to go back to him, Vince Gill. It can go on and on and on and on. The country music is uh, is pretty much ingrained here. And we've asked people all morning, what is your favorite Toby Keith song? Um, Red Solo Cup. And you heard Scott Hennessy say... That's a promo, by the way. Oh yeah, <laughs> that uh, red so you know he actually had his orange juice this morning in a red solo cup in honor of Toby Keith, which I thought was cool. And you know Toby Keith was a huge University of Oklahoma fan. So if you're an OSU fan, you might you know you might that might have separated you a little bit from him. I hope not. I mean, everybody has a right to do what they want to do. He and Switzer were good friends, but he was just a good Oklahoman. You know yeah. that, that's all there was to it. He he never lived anywhere but this state. He could have been anywhere. He, you know, most of the, most people move away. They go to Nashville, and you understand why the business in, is in Nashville, right? So they move, or they go somewhere else. But he never did. Toby Keith stayed here, and was truly an Oklahoman. You know, Blake Shelton is another one. You know, Blake yeah. still has a ranch here. I know a dude. You know, because country music, <clears throat> country music radio, which we certainly have. You know, you got the bull over there, and you got big country over there. Country music radio. Uh, those those people, those performers, are as involved with country music radio personalities as say NASCAR has always been with their fans. They are not standoffish. They are not. I mean, it's just not the same as try to approach Rod Stewart and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but if you walk up to Garth Brooks, you can generally have a conversation. <clears throat> oh yeah, you know I've met him before. He was doing a a show in a studio across town when I was working over there. Because we had ability to connect him to something nationally, and and he was out in the hallway, and he goes, "Oh, hey!" And we just we visited, and I knew him partially because he'd learned to dive from a friend of mine, and oh, cool. he he'd ask a question or two about diving and that kind of thing. And I actually taught a class in his media room out in Owasso. It wasn't him; it was his <laughs> next door neighbor, which was interesting as well. Anyway, these guys like him, people like that, who you know have always been kind of loyal. You know, Garth was in Owasso until he he went and moved to Nashville, but uh, it's one. Of things I always liked about Toby Keith. He always hung around. So we've had many people give us their favorites. Red Solo Cup was on there. Beer for My Horses was on there. Should have been a cowboy uh, was on there. Uh, many of those. You're welcome to let us know at 918-262-5072, our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line here in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. I'm Rick Corey. That is Bryce Olson in the other room. And both of us came across one of the stories this morning that made us go, what? In, this, in, in the coaching searches in the NFL, I'm really pleased, quite honestly, that you're hearing some names that were coordinators, guys like that. Because, you know, many times in in any sport, baseball, you know, basketball, football, it becomes a good old boy network. Guy mm-hmm. loses a head coaching job, he just gets hired somewhere else. Just rotate, yep, right? They do. And, you know, and, many, and sometimes they're successful, but a lot of times it's, you know, you know wash, repeat, rinse, that kind of thing. It, it's not – I never thought it was terribly healthy. And here we are 
naming people who have been coordinators. They're all named Mac something. <laughs> Mac Donald, Mac this, Mac whatever. Gosh. And they're all over the place. But we've kind of come along a little bit in doing that. Well, when the coaching searches began after Mike Vrabel had been let go and Belichick, Belichick had moved on, I think, I don't know about you, I absolutely believe both would have jobs this year. Oh, sure. And neither one of them do. I understand with Belichick. I you know, I said at the very beginning when, when Brady left, I said, let's see how this goes. Mm-hmm. Didn't go well. Brady wins a title. Belichick squanders. I, maybe, you know, he's a very good defensive coach. Maybe he was never as good as we all thought. Maybe it was mostly Brady. Because yeah. you think about Brady's a, approach to a game, I'm not saying he coached the team, but that offense ran around and through him, and he was the one you saw going up and down the sidelines yelling, screaming, correcting, doing all that stuff offensively. Now, you know, there was still a defense out there, too. I get that, and that was Belichick's, you know, bell cow anyway. So, I mean, I mean he, had a, he had a part in that, and a huge part, because he was obviously still the head coach. But I never believed that it was all him. And neither apparently did NFL owners. He wants too much control. I don't think he'll ever coach again, mm. personally. I, I think that also, do, do you think that, age has a bigger has just as big of a factor or do you think well considering the the people they're hiring being young yeah probably but i think especially kind of wonderkins if you will but mm -hmm. really going after like the young hot Mm -hmm. shot not just a younger guy yeah but i also believe none of those young guys that we know of went in and said i want to run everything right and belichick (laughs) does and i don't think you're gonna and you know what if you were coming off a super bowl win they would absolutely give him the keys, in my yep. opinion. They would. If this if he had if they had parted ways after a, a say a Brady Super Bowl, mm. or even more impor- importantly, had he kept them there after Brady, somebody would have done that. That's you consider what's happened the last few years, sorry. Or to fall off a cliff with yeah. Cam and Mac yep. Jones. Yep. So I, I just don't see it. Meanwhile, Vrabel, I completely didn't understand. But you found a reason, and I'd found it later on too, that made us both shake our heads. Well, yeah, and I thought Vrabel might have been an opportunity for the Patriots. You know, he has a history with them. But uh, Diana Russini, she was on a podcast. Um, she does ESPN stuff for NFL, NFL reporter for ESPN. She was on a podcast, and here's, here's a little, little quote about Vrabel and, you know, why he didn't really get many looks. She said, I don't think there was a fit for him. I don't think he sat in front of any owner who thought that his style was going to work for what they were looking for. Now listen to this. I had a GM at the Senior Bowl who mentioned to me Vrabel's physical build, that he's a very large human being and can be very intimidating to people in an organization that are going to be part of these decisions. And that is a factor. So purely because of Vrabel's physical build, that's one of the things that stuck out most. Uh in terms of really hurting his chances. And one of the first things that people started talking about, and I, I love this, Wikipedia, it has, it has its um, you know, problems because it can be edited, but this is mm-hmm. pretty good in terms of um, close how, how close you can get to the metrics here. So let's just l- look at this. They list Rabel at 6'4", 261. Dan Campbell is 6'5", 265, <laughs> head coach for the Detroit Lions, doing pretty well. So, you know, obviously that shouldn't be a factor, right? And again, if Dan Campbell didn't have much uh, going for him before getting that job, it was mm-hmm. criticized by a lot of people. Yep. But we're, we're, we're now looking at that as that much of a factor. 
I mean, heck, should Rabel be looking into some discriminatory cases? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, it's going to be hard to prove. It's going to be hard to prove, but yeah. it's uh, it's kind of crazy to look at that as a factor, especially when one of the best stories in the NFL is from a guy who not only is pretty big, but way more hyped up than I've seen Rabel. Mm-hmm. And Campbell is more intimidating looking. Yeah. Rabel is, you know, like you said, a large dude. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at an article from Mike Christian that says maybe it's the first time a guy's ever lost a job for being too handsome. <laughs> and and then yeah. he goes on to tell the story, and there's actually the audio from the podcast where she says that. Now, that's one GM. Mm-hmm. So, And what that sounds like is a very insecure human who, yeah. you know, who says, well, this guy is too big and tall and good looking and all that kind of stuff, so I don't want him in the office. Well, that's silly. That's 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 that GM's own problem. We we might be intimidated by that about that guy making the decisions. Then and, maybe you'd find it. Yeah. Then, then why don't you go to work somewhere else? I mean, go, <laughs> and that's the thing. Who who knows how much weight that carries? Yeah, you know, with that GM, working I mean. a little league or something like that. <laughs> and you know, whoever that GM was, and you know, I'm assuming she's telling the truth. That's just stupid. Yeah. But I, look down I, on somebody. You do wonder if Vrabel has that. You know, some people walk into a room and command it. Mm-hmm. And if Rabel was a little bit too much that way, and I don't know, I've never even met him. Right, I don't have a clue. But if that's the case, that's just stupid. Yeah, it can depend on that it factor, <clears throat> don't you think? Yeah. Oh you know, yeah. You know, yeah. Just, of course. When we talk about that it factor, I think about it a lot with uh, the way I see coaches today, mm-hmm. um, and the way they're able to coach. Some are able to get away with being pretty hard nosed, and some that they'll find a reason to get you out. Mm-hmm. I think that certainly goes with a story like this. Yeah, um, and, and some know, have the it factor. Without, factor yeah, some have the it factor without being that size. Look at McDaniel. Oh, yeah. There's just a quirky. He looks like an accountant. He does. And, and it doesn't matter for him. <laughs> no, but there's a quirkiness about him and kind of a funny, and, you know, he seems oh, like lovable. he. Yeah, oh, yeah, there is. There's. You kind of want to. Yes, he's a plush He's a plush toy. I mean, yeah. you just want to look at him. He, 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 do, he doesn't drink, but he's one of those guys that I'm like, let's have a tea together or something, right? You know, let's sit down. We should put him on that list with the Kelsey brothers and stuff. We're going to make that happen. We're going to, you and him, we're going to have a tea and we'll just get a picture. Let's do it. Yeah. Pinky's out. It's 851 on the Blitz 1170. Got another text here from Scott at 918-262-5072 at our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line as we talk about Toby Keith today. He said, Toby singing, I should have been a cowboy at Eskimo Joe's after the Sooners had lost last fall. Yeah, so, I, I need to I need to find that. I did not know the story. Yeah, but after that game, of course, Mike Gundy and his team won final or bedlam. It was, game. it was a basketball. Um, last. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah, okay, twenty twenty January of twenty twenty three. Okay, sorry. Him, him and Barry Switzer went to that basketball game. Gotcha. Won. Okay, yeah. all right. Sorry, I thought it was after after football. Uh, that's where my mind runs. <laughs> but he got he still got on stage and sang "Should Have Been a Cowboy." Now that is classy. But that's mm-hmm. a guy who loved the state. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest deal. Thank you very much for sending that in, Scott. I appreciate that. You have any memories or thoughts or and what's your favorite song with Toby Keith? Text us at 918-262-5072 here on the Blitz. The Blitz text line is always open. 918-262-5072. You can text us anything you want at any time. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Tonight, the Oklahoma State Cowboys are on the road as they'll face one of the Big 12 newcomers, the fifth-ranked Houston Cougars. Pre-game starts at 5 with a 6 o'clock tip-off. You can listen to all of it right here on the Blitz 1170. There's also a newcomer facing one of our in-state teams. The Oklahoma Sooners will be facing the 21st-ranked BYU Cougars. Tip-off is at the Lloyd Noble Center at 7 o'clock. And last night in Big Monday for Big 12 basketball, Kansas State beats 
Kansas in the Sunflower Showdown, 75-70 to in overtime. Shiloh, Oklahoma native Tyler Perry had 26 points for the Wildcats. That's the Window World of, Tul- Window World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Here are the biggest stories you need to know right now on the Blitz 1170. How good can you be and how fast can you be that good? Well, Oklahoma State's going to find out tonight as they travel down to Houston because the Cougars are absolutely for real. It'll be a 5 o'clock pregame time right here on the Blitz with a 6 o'clock tip-off. Now, Mike Boynton's team has had their struggles, but they've won games too, like at Kansas State, and he truly believes they are improving. Growing and getting better. Connor Dow's getting more confident, specifically on the defensive end. Hasn't found his groove on offense quite yet. And John Michael Wright's playing really, really well for us, and we'll need that because obviously, unfortunately, incident with Bryce, it's going to be a while before we have him back, if we get him back at all. Meanwhile, BYU will be at Oklahoma tonight at 7. Thunder will be at Utah at 8 o'clock. Oklahoma softball opening Monday in Puerto Vallarta. Made a big announcement yesterday. All-American second baseman Tiara Jennings is moving. No, not from the program. <laughs> Take a breath. She's only going to move over to shortstop. And for now, Patty Gasso says she'll just play several people over at second. We got yuppies. We got bikers. We got thirsty hitchhikers. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. As a matter of fact, many people have, and we've had a ton. You have torn up the text board today. Thank you very much for that. As we remember Toby Keith after he died last night at the age of 62, short battle with cancer, which I know so many people are experiencing. We are right now in our house as well. Uh, God bless him and his family. They said he passed peacefully with his family around him, and that's good. Great ambassador for our state. We had people texting in their favorite songs all morning this morning. Scott Hennessy, manager of the driller, said he even had his orange juice and a red solo cup this morning just in honor that beer for our horses you know for my horses I should have been a cowboy and Bryce found something we're going to close with in a couple of minutes and that's as, as we talked about Toby performing that song I should have been a cowboy at Eskimo Joe's after the Sooners had lost the basketball game in 2020 uh, to 2023 so it was last January year. of last yeah, year yeah. January of last year uh, and he, he still got on stage and did that despite the fact he was a huge OU fan so mm-hmm. thank him very much yeah. for that he, he does show his allegiance at the very end of the song and does the OU at the hands so <laughs> you'll have to find it it's pretty cool. all right but also there's something you need to explain about it too but there is a funny part in the middle uh, in the middle of the song again he's leading a lot of like the students and fans that are there in the song and the guy who's filming the song or filming everything that's going on, Toby looks him right in the eye and during the middle of it and says, "You ain't singing." Like points right at him. Like if you're gonna film, you gotta sing. And he gets back into it. And everyone right, laughs. So remember, OSU basketball tonight, five o'clock is gonna interrupt uh, Pop and Colby with the show, but they'll be there five o'clock. That's pregame. Six o'clock will be the tip. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about all of it. Until then, God bless Toby Keith. Should have been a cowboy. Should have learned to rope and ride. Wearing my stick, shooter, riding my pony on a cattle drive. You ain't singing the young girl's heart. <laughs> Just, Just like me and Roy, singing those campfire songs. Oh, I should have been a cowboy.